Welcome to Divine Truth by Dr. Buddy Walls. Today we will be going over growing in grace. Growing in grace. Are you growing in grace? Grace, growth is one of the surest signs of a healthy life, whether in the vegetable or animal kingdom. We expect to see growth in every Christian. In nature, at a certain point, growth stops and decay sets in, but with the believer, it should continue all his earthly days. No sensible person expects a convert or a new person in Christ to be anything but a babe, but we do not expect him to remain a babe. But if we have an appetite for wholesome spiritual food and a good digestion of God's word and plenty of heaven's fresh air and exercise, he is bound to grow. If you would turn with me to the book of Second Peter, chapter 3, verse 18. Second Peter, chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible says, But grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Now this applies to every one of us. What is growth? Growth has no direction, direct connection with age. A man may be white with years and seen a lot of water go under the bridge since he was saved and was stunted in the early years of his life or the majority of his life. Some of the Hebrew believers were like this. They were stumbling over the Hebrew alphabet when they should have been teachers and needing milk when they should have been needed strong meat. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 12. Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Growth is not necessarily connected with what we do. There may be a lot of earnest activity, yet no growth. The Ephesian Christians sadly showed this in their later years. When the Apostle Paul wrote his letter to them, they were like a tree planted by rivers of waters, green and lively. But when the Lord Jesus addressed them through his servant John, though recognizing their works, labor, and patience, he had to say, Thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. The top shoot of the fair young tree had been nipped by frost and growth was stopped. Growth does not even depend upon what we know. Our mental development may far outstrip our spiritual. A baby in Christ, whatever he may be in educational circles, may fall way short in the spiritual arena. He, he uh, best never think he is among the scholars and is able to instruct his grandfather. Not going to happen. The Corinthian believers fell under this delusion. They had so-called all knowledge they assumed to be wise. As a matter of fact, they were ignorant. Did you know the Bible says, through a certain type of knowledge, your brother could perish. 
I believe that because people are being misled all the time. They use their knowledge to the uh, to the damage of some of their brethren. Did you know sometimes knowledge can puff up instead of build up? Biblical growth is actually a question of what we are. The very letter that informs us to grow in grace opens with a fine statement of what it really is. It runs like this. Giving all diligence add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity or love. That is found in the book of Second Peter chapter one verse five. Second Peter chapter one verse five. There is spiritual, biblical growth in a nutshell. With faith we all have started, but to it virtue or courage must be added if it is to count for much. Courage needs to be controlled by knowledge, knowledge to be tempered with moderation, moderation to develop into patience or endurance, Endurance begets godliness. Godliness produces and develops brotherly kindness. Love, divine love, crowns the whole and wells all together in the heart of the believer. These things, notice, are to be in us and abound. Look at Second Peter chapter one verse eight. Second Peter chapter one verse eight. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. They are not to be put on as a man puts on a coat, but to be produced inwardly in the power of the Holy Spirit so that they can become part of ourselves. The Apostle Peter was really desiring that the features of the beautiful life of Christ should be reproduced in these believers. Growth, then, is a question of character. As we grow, we are molded more and more into conformity to Christ. Ask yourself, then, is this kind of thing going on with me? Is there beneath my Christian activity an increase of Bible knowledge, a sturdy development of Christian character? Can I honestly judge myself before God? But there is a happy medium you have to walk. Don't go to the extreme on the other end judging yourself too much. God is a God of moderation and he knows you're capable of falling short at times. You're not instantly going to become a perfect Christian overnight. The Bible says we all fall short. We just need to know more of Christ and pattern our lives after him. Turn with me if you would to the book of uh, Psalm chapter 2 verse 15 uh, take us to the foxes the little foxes that spoil the vines for our vines have tender grapes now exactly what exactly does this mean your testimony for Christ the vine could be spoiled by the little foxes because the tender grapes, those new in Christ, could be influenced by the little foxes, 
though still in the world, who can creep in unaware. Many Christians, too, suffer from living in an atmosphere of law. They live and move, read and pray, serve and worship by rule. No one can expect to grow if encased in cast iron. Look, keep your eyes open. Help those that are new in the Lord to grow in grace. Grace brings liberty, not license. When God saves us for all eternity, that is not a license to sin. For the grace that brings salvation also teaches that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's found in the book of Titus chapter 2, verse 12. The book of Titus chapter 2, verse 12. There is something else that could be improved upon in our society with the young and the old. Over the years, a lot has been made out on the proper nutrition for our students so they can become healthy. Yes, that is important, but something they are missing is more important. Why? Because it is hardly ever mentioned. The spiritual food the students are missing. With the proper spiritual food, our children will be healthier. That goes for adults also. The food for the Christian is one word. Christ. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 10. The book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 10. That ye may walk worthy worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. That is the duty of Christians, not the things of the world. It is good to know about him, and everything in that direction is profitable, but the most important point is to know him on a personal level. I call it to be wholly intimate with, with him while on this earth, close to, his trusted, close to his trusted side, in fellowship divine. The beginning of our acquaintance is as Savior to deliver. He will not only save you, but deliver you, to your eternal home. That is a promise, and he don't break promises. Can you look back at the moment you tasted salvation? Israel did, when they went through the Red Sea with Moses. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. The book of Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel, this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Remember, Centuries later, when David met Goliath and in the name of Jehovah brought deliverance, look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 52. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 52. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines. They were delivered out of the hands of the Philistines. Think about it. The Lord not only saved us, 
he delivered us also out of hell and eternal death. Our days of mourning are over. The victory is already won. Even though it may have been years since you were saved, the thrill of that moment will stay in your heart forever. You cannot wear God's grace out. He is better than peanut butter. He'll stick with you. There is something else about our Lord. He commands and we obey. He has a place of authority. It is his to command and ours to gladly obey. In other words, we have to surrender our wills to his. I have no problem with that. The conversion of the Apostle Paul was an ideal one. He reached the point of surrender very quickly. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 5. The book of Acts chapter 9 verse 5. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and that shall be told thee what thou must do. While in the dust of the road to Damascus, he acknowledged Jesus as his Lord, and his whole life was transformed. Most of us lag far behind him. Still, to that point, all of us have to come. I remember a man one time walking. I remember a man one time that was talking about the good old days. I want you to know there are no good old days without Christ. With Christ, there is a new day dawning. Has this new day dawned in your history? It lies at the very beginning of Christian growth. One of the very first results of salvation is that the new convert, following his, master, his new master, finds trouble exercising his soul. In other words, to do the will of Christ, there will be a conflict against your will. First, the true character of the flesh, the old evil nature within us, is battling against the holy nature of God. Look at Romans chapter 7, verse 18. The book of Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Have you ever thought about this? There is power in the flesh. Does it not enable us to overcome when we become born again? We realize it is by God's Spirit, but His Spirit will, will can allow the body to obey, be in obedience. Look at Romans chapter 7, verse 23. Romans seven twenty-three. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. That Holy Spirit brings into captivity the law of sin that is affecting the flesh, the outward flesh, and also the inward thoughts. We sometimes sin in our thoughts. 
God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. What a relief it is to know this. God now treats the flesh as a condemned thing and is done with it. It just remains for us to fall into line with God and in our uh, turn to treat, it as a, to treat it as a condemned thing, to be done with it. This we can do, insomuch as having believed in Jesus, we have received the Holy Spirit, the new power, and He is more than a match for the power of the flesh. Our goal as Christians should be to not stay as spiritual babies in Christ on the milk of the Word, but to mature on the meat of the Word, to grow in Christ. We thank you for your attention, and Dr. Buddy Wall signing off.